What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RidesharRodeo.com. I'm your host, SJ, and, uh, well, it's time to get it on. Hopefully everybody heard last week's uh, Rideshare Rodeo podcast. I think it was a very good example of um, AB5, AB2257, um, and the issues, no matter where you sit with it, again, this isn't to promote one way or the other right now. I'm just saying that no matter where you sit, hopefully if you listen to that podcast, you can understand the conversation that Gail and I had, um, why it it just it 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 doesn't cover things well enough. It it's not it it was way too broad, even if you are a supporter, hopefully you should see that because she's a nonprofit. If you didn't listen to it, please, please go back and listen, especially if you're a California voter and you have yet to go turn in your ballot. Um, Because uh, a lot of, uh, even if such a thing were to come into place down the road, I think a lot of tweaking needs to be done on it. Um, This is not ready to be a law yet. Um, It's still in my book. Now especially, it should just be a conversation. Um, It's it's not a law. It should not be a law yet. Um, but you would have to go back and listen to that. Don't just hear what I just said and then judge me again. Last week's interview, I think was a very, very, very good example of that. Uh, we are going to talk about, I, I was going to do just news this week. Again, the news is just really following AB five, AB two, two, five, seven proposition 22 in California, as it relates to rideshare, gig work, all that. And probably will up until the um, elections. So I have a few things that I want to talk about. But then we had a major disturbance in the pandemic unemployment assistance program um, here in Colorado. And other states are now facing it as well. So I am going to do a interview on this episode with with someone who was majorly affected by that and how, and uh, no matter what state you're in, you should listen to this because it could very, very, very well affect you. So um, I do say that with, uh, you know, let's, let's, or just (laughs) check out the interview. Um, But I'm going to, I'm going to go through a couple things that we, that I want to just hit on today. And uh, we'll just kind of keep hitting on things until we get to the election uh, because next week um, I have uh, – we have – I finally have got it scheduled, rescheduled. Uh, I have the uh, co-founder and co-CEO of Dumpling, um, Joel, Joel Shapiro, will be on the podcast. And we will be talking about um, his his – platform as it compares to Instacart and how to build your own business off the dumpling platform. But it will also, um, hopefully we'll get, we'll have the time to get into the rideshare aspect as dumpling is, is trying to, um, you know, get into that niche as well. So, um, we will cover as much as we can with Joel. And then 
the week after the election, we are finally going to have um, a very, very, very uh, informative discussion that all drivers should hear um, with legal rideshare in Chicago. And even if you've heard them before, even if you've seen videos on YouTube, even if you heard them on a different podcast, you will want to listen to this interview because we have a few different ways we're going to talk about the topics. And, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's something that all, all drivers, rideshare drivers, especially, but all gig workers should listen to. So, um, that said, uh, and then the weekend between, um, is the Tuesday before or the Tuesday, is it the Tuesday before? Yeah, the second is the day before the election. And on that day, we're just going to do news and, uh, kind of break down whatever we know about Prop 22 and AB5 and then let it rest until we see how the election turns out and what happens after the election. So uh, let me just get into a couple things here, though, today. Uh, first of all, um, uh, Dara, Uber CEO today, said that the ride-hailing company has been... Um, has been looking at uh, adjustments that they can make if drivers are employ or are become employees in California and they are forced to uh, to go by the AB5 law. So um, excuse me there. Uh, there's a few things on options on the on the table, but the leading option right now with Uber, is that they will they will simply exit California. So if Proposition 22 fails, they will leave California. Um, is it a threat? Who knows? Um, when they said it before and said that they'd be leaving that day, uh, California caved and said, well, we can't have that kind of disruption in our system, so let's wait till after the... Uh, Election and see how Prop 22 goes, and there, you have other lawsuits coming up. But you know, even if it fails and they threaten to leave again, what what will that look like? Will that you know will will they leave? And uh, if they do, or if Proposition 22 gets its yes vote, and the gig companies are exempt from the AB5, AB2257 law in California. Would that still leave all the freelancers and, um, you know, traditional gig workers um, and nonprofits such as Gail, who was on the on the podcast last week, to still be attacked by this this law? So, um, again, not going to get fully back into that again, but um, we will talk about it not next week, but the week after which is the day before the election, I feel like I owe it to you to put a couple things out there. Um, and that day I'll just kind of put, I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit of both sides, present it totally, um, <laughs> you know, with, with no siding on either, but just give you some facts. Uh, and then kind of uh, what what we see might happen based on either way that the election goes. So, and how long it takes to get the election counted. We'll see. Uh but um okay the battle uh so the one thing i want to talk about today is that after Dara said that and that they'd exit 
there's, you know, the battle between gig companies and uh, state regulators uh, has national implications right now. States like Washington, Oregon, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and more are uh, all watching this play out in California, obviously. But those are states that specifically are looking to adapt an AB5 type model if it works. So at the same time as this is going on, we've been following news that the federal level is trying to have a somewhat of a AB5 type law that won't completely end independent contractors in this country. Because let's face it, as we discussed last week, nobody can pass the ABC test. There is not anybody really who can pass the ABC test who's an independent contractor. Hence, California has carved out so many times different different uh, careers and different industries that after two different carve-out sessions, it actually had to rewrite the entire AB5 and make AB2257, which then still has carve-outs that are needed, if not just a full-on uh, relinquishing of that law and uh, tearing it down because, I, you know, I just... We'll see, and we'll get back into that later. But there are lots of states watching, as I've pointed out many times, and... Uh, um, You know, this, this, in my opinion, this should have been, and I'm not even saying that this is what I would want or whatnot. I think I've made my opinion clear that, you know, here in Colorado, if something like this were to come up, I absolutely wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want a floor pay that that's all I get um, and I can't ever make more because I've been driving for over six years, rideshare, and I know how to make money. I know when to work. And a lot of times, it's not the times I want to work. I have a son. I have um, other commitments and things like that. Um, but I work when I make money. Same as when I used to work as a bartender. I worked. I tried to work every shift I could that was a money shift, even if it meant my weekend was gone because I was going to have to work the weekend nights. It's what you do. You work when there's money to be made. And some of these jobs are like that, but... In my opinion, if this had to go down in California, this should have been a gig platform reform or law that was just talking about gig platforms. Not all freelancers and gig workers. And again, I'll refer you back to last week's podcast where Gail and I had a very good discussion. And she's a nonprofit. And I think that that discussion was an eye-opener for anybody who says they are for or against AB5. Every single one of you should listen to last week's podcast, the interview, and see it from that point of view at least. At least do that. Um, that's all really I could ask from you. So, um, yeah. Uh, we put up an article on UberLiftDrivers.com today regarding Uber Autonomous killing a person two years ago. And I know I addressed this, the, I think it was last week, when I told you that Waymo was back in Arizona. But I also addressed it a few other times before. And I told you how the person who 
Here we are two and a half years later, and Uber's not being charged, but the safety driver who was in the car is being charged starting in February. Um, all I really want to say is go to uberliftdrivers.com and check out the post. Uh, the autonomous industry is out of control in my mind. And even with major issues uh, with its with the system itself, the cars, the LIDAR, the sensors, the all these things are still being tested. None of them are near perfection. And true autonomy is so far out. I keep going back to the fact of build a city. All companies that want to be involved in United States testing of autonomous, build a city that people don't live in so you can't kill them. And test all you want. And test all the different companies test. And if you have a way of information sharing that would still... You know, allow Waymo to have, you know, if they if they come up with a design that they still get that design. But th these companies need to start talking and working together more because we'll never get to true autonomy if they don't. Because they're all doing things differently and none of them are doing them right. Slowly but surely they, f they fix problems. But there's the new problems pop up and there's tons of, tons of, tons of problems. Okay, I mean, I cannot say that enough. There are so many problems with this industry that, you know, the people in the know that I've spoken with, again, I've said it a hundred times, 15 to 20 years out, minimal before true autonomous. Um, we'll keep seeing little signs of it. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we won't see any more deaths. Um... Let's see what else. Uh, the, oh, the other thing I wanted to speak about was that um, still Uber Elevate is now looking to partner, partial sale, or even a full sale. Um, uh, you know, it looks like Dara's trying, finally trying to, you know, he took the autonomous and he gave it to uh, Yandex in Russia, teamed up with them. Then he got has, then he's getting harassment from the investors to bring it back, but that was a good move. Um, offloading Uber Elevate uh, and things like this, you know, like the Uber money losing uh, Uber Freight has been nothing but a loss. Um, self driving cars, just a complete joke, um, wasted money. It seems like um, as much as I really don't like Dara. I really don't like uh, the way that Uber uh, cuts the law all the time. Um, it looks like they're trying to find some path to profitability, and maybe that could have been um, engaged by the pandemic. I don't know. But regardless, I think it's a great thing. I think it is time that, you know, that this happens and uh, – Uber Elevate's goal is to develop a network of self-driving taxis uh, with its website suggesting a launch of 2023. I want to make note of this because I've said it before on this podcast. 2023 is the new date. Just so you guys know, 2019 was the first date. They would have self-driving cars that could pick you up at your house and take you wherever you were going. No driver in the car. Okay, 
We all knew that was a joke. Didn't happen. 2021 became the new one. And 2020 became we'd see flying cars. Okay? So you now you're going to have... So at that point, they were saying that in 2021, we'll have self-driving cars. But in 2020, we'll have flying cars. Come on, guys. I mean, not everybody can be this dumb. I mean, you just... You read this stuff and you just can't believe it. But now they push it to 2023 and it just goes to what I say all the time on the podcast. PR stunt, PR stunt, PR stunt. Let's get our name in the news. Let's talk a bunch of, uh, you know, let, let's keep cha- let's keep pushing this date but telling people it's still real. Well, if 2023 is on the website as the suggested launch year for Uber Elevate, why are they trying to sell it? <laughs> Hmm. Um, again, uh, November 9th, we have, uh, legal rideshare on here and it is going to be a conversation all gig workers want to hear. So listen, it will tell you when, when to do what, when you're covered, when you're not, um, the delivery aspects, the Instacarts, not just rideshare anymore, but other things, um, when you need to reach out to lawyers, uh, just, we're going to go through some real nuts and bolts with these guys. I've been wanting this interview for a while and we got it. Um, we actually had it, but we had to push it and, uh, um, it's going to be great. But, uh, next week also something I've been really wanting to do for a while. And I'm really glad we got this coming in. Um, Joel Shapiro co-founder and co-CEO of dumpling will be on the podcast and, uh, Really uh, thinking that that's going to be a good conversation about a company that is trying to break the mold of um, the bad name that all gig platform companies get. You know, they have a little different way of building your own business. So uh, we will get into those details with him. Uh, Now I want to bring on... uh, I want to talk to you guys about the pandemic unemployment assistance that began in April and ended in July and was never revisited by the Democrats and Republicans to revisit the CARES Act. Um, There was talk of it, but they never did. Now it's become political and it won't happen until after the election. And then how long does it take to get it funded? How will it look? All this um, is just a huge mess, but we have a bigger mess on our hands. So here in Colorado, there were clawbacks to the money that you had been paid, and almost everybody got clawbacks and had their amounts changed. So if you were if you were a gig platform worker and you entered all your money correctly and all the input correctly, and you uploaded your taxes, and you did everything correctly, there was, an, there was, in almost every case, there was an adjustment made, and in almost every case, there were clawbacks that happened after the fact. I don't want to get too far into this before I have our guest on, because he, he's been featured in many, many articles lately, um, from CBS Denver to some national news, USA Today, I saw featured his article, um, Colorado Public Radio. Uh, so him and I got in touch and talked for you know a little over an hour last week. But I'm bringing him on the podcast today 
this week because I had to get all the my information together so that we could flow through it a little more uh, coherently. Um, last week we just kind of threw out a bunch. Him and I just were just talking a bunch of facts. So I'm going to bring him on right now, and we are going to uh, roll with that. And I, I really, if you if you had PUA and you're not getting it anymore, so you're like, I don't need to listen to this, you absolutely need to listen to this, okay? Um, if, you've, if you received any PUA in any state in this country after the CARES Act was passed and you applied through the PUA system, you must listen to this. Um, because what's happening, what's, well, it just ended, but what happened in Colorado is either happening in other states or about to happen, and everybody's going to feel this one a little bit. So I'm going to bring him on, and I'll come back on the other side. Hi, Adam. How are you? Mr. Steve, good afternoon, my friend. I am doing wonderful, doing wonderful uh Doing a bit of uh, studying right now. I got the 2020 Colorado State Ballot Information Booklet. And so, uh. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, so now it's time to, uh, you know, this is the first time in my life that I'm actually um, wanting to actually do some actual, you know, you know, studying on what I'm voting for, you know, because usually when you vote, you, you know, like when, you, you know, when you're younger and you vote, you're just kind of like, well, you don't care really you know you have this kind of like nonchalant attitude yeah and and with this uh this upcoming election which is pretty critical i think it's time to kind of uh grow up a little bit so i'm kind of do, been doing a little bit of uh i'm gonna do a little bit of studying in this booklet to kind of uh go go through the deep deep dive of some of these issues and kind of see what would affect me and my family going going forward and so yeah so it's been been an interesting uh, afternoon for sure yeah i uh you know i'm an independent voter myself and uh yeah. when, you, when you're younger you know you just kind of you just kind of vote down the ticket you know democrat yeah. or republican yeah. you just kind of go all you just you just check every box sure. that applies to whatever you think you are but really you're too young to know what you are because the older you get the more you learn and sometimes you got to vote for things on both sides so Sure, absolutely. That's why I think absolutely, and I totally agree with you. I'm I'm, I'm that same mentality now, so I think just I think it's super important. Uh, yeah, it is. Know. It is super important, yeah. um, especially for local stuff. You know, here in, yeah. in for us in Colorado, it's very important that we pay attention to what's going on in Colorado, just as other yep. states should. But yeah, absolutely, I think COVID kind of opened my eyes, kind of, and sort of like made me understand, like made me understand, like ah, this is this is kind of important. Adam, we need to kind of pay attention to the these different things. So, uh, yeah, it's one good thing that came out of it, I guess. So I was, um, I was looking through the CPR, the Colorado, uh, public radio, um, article. And I was, <laughs> and I was also, I, I noticed how many other articles either were reposting it or had <laughs> had you on. I know the CBS had too, and some other ones, but I wanted to just go through a few things because we did a lot of work, on the website, I believe I told you already, um, back in March and April, me and a guy in San Francisco who used to be um, uh, the operations manager for Uber in Nevada um, and has quit and he's passed his non-disclosures and stuff. So we were actually able to 
go beyond and really try and help rideshare drivers because he knew the inside parts like that and I knew what we needed to tackle with this CARES Act. So together we kind of met through all this and we went and we really got a good grasp on it. And I've been, you know, after talking with you, we spent some time talking last week and I, I'm glad I brought you on the podcast because there's, I mean, this, the whole thing's been a mess, but I really want to hit on a couple things because one of the things, sure. the first quote you had that stood out to me in the CPR article was um, you said, I feel like uh, they rushed the system. And you're exactly right, dude. Of course, they absolutely rushed the system. They Not only did they do that, they had, you know, they outsourced the building of the PUA system to, um, to, uh, a, to non-state um, systems. So basically all the... A third, all, a third party, a third party. Right, well, but also, you know, in the... Outside of government, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, sure. the UI system was built by government, mm-hmm. okay? And it was built in the 60s, just like almost every state in this country was, which made this so much harder. Although, yes. even if the states, I, I now look back and I think even if the states had redone their systems, like let's say a year before the pandemic hit, I don't really know that it still would have not had to have the walk around that PUA did because it wouldn't have had a way, it still wouldn't have had a way, like if they built it a year ago, they wouldn't have predicted this and put in these, if a pandemic hits here, you know, it still would have had to have a walk around. But nonetheless, um, it wasn't fluent. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a contractor that handled all 50 states. Um, there's a couple states that used the same contractor to do theirs. Um, there's some that just used a local place in state. So there's a, you know, there's quite a few who handled each states and how each states played out. Um, all of them were messy, some much more than others. Um, I actually think we fall, sadly, ours wasn't great at all. And I think we fall somewhere in the better end though. Um, from the other states that I know about and I've talked to reporters and people and drivers, it's they they really had some bigger issues. But I still want to I, I really want to hit on this because it is and an email came out last week that we'll get to here in a few minutes that I really want to bring around to people because it's it's really it, it just feels like a form of of uh, trying to cover up some corruption. Um, yeah. And it's it, it's just sad. So. I noticed in the article um, that, you know, they, that, so I, let me see if I can just quote this or no, it's, it, that you, that you have a high functioning form of autism. Okay. Correct. So Correct. Um, some, and it said, sometimes you process things a bit different. So I, I totally get that. But what I would like to say to that is that this thing was, um, a shit show all the way around. I mean, we have, we have people who don't, who English is their second language. Um, you know, you, all these things. And even like just the everyday people who, 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 who have no, nothing going on and they still, and we, let's say we all understand it, but I know a lot of English is second language. People I've talked to a couple of Pueblo drivers who are, were just, you know, they weren't receiving emails, they weren't receiving mail, just like all of us, and they just saw the deduction and they didn't want to raise any flags because they just thought, 
hey, I was getting money, no, I'm not, I'm just happy I got it. And it's almost sure. sad that they feel that way because really, no, it's it, you didn't, you shouldn't feel happy you were getting it. We've never seen this before. We've never been put in lockdown and told to stay at home. Um, that, you know, basically even for us independent contractors or most of us, especially the gig platform workers, we all had to go and, and stop working there for a little bit. I mean, very few drivers were working in the beginning, and the ones I know were only taking doctors to the hospital and stuff like that. So, I mean, really, right. the few rides they did have in, the, in April, May, the drivers who were still out there were not only just at risk, they were at the most extreme risk. Absolutely. Because they were driving to hospitals to pick up or drop off, and then they'd get a pickup there, too. I mean, they're dealing, yep. they were, and, and at that point, we're still, still dealing with something that we had no grasp on. We don't have a solution for it yet, but we had no grasp on it at all. Um, and, you know, nothing was being done. Um, I know that, so I, I want to jump to the, uh, there was a misclarification, as far as I can tell from the article, um, that they had printed that your, um, you know, the, on top of the PUA, that it was federal UI. I do want to say to the listeners out there that that was, I think, a, I believe to be a misprint on the part of CPR or whichever originally ran this, because that is what it is, is 600 PUA plus Colorado UI. Um, correct, correct. The, the Right. The CARES Act funded the PUA, so that was the federal portion. Yes, yes. Yes, correct, correct. So 618 was our state's UI that was supposed to fund you, and that was that was all put into the CARES Act. That's how come money was sent to the state of Colorado to make sure all this was covered. So in the beginning, you were getting 600 um, for the PUA. You were getting 618 for Colorado UI. Um, your PUA went from April until all of us or everybody that had to apply for PUA um, ended July 22nd. Um, and then you had the Colorado UI that was continuing after that, that you could still get, but nobody was getting PUA anymore. And because the Democrats and Republicans didn't come together and extend the CARES Act and didn't treat it as they should have, that money went away. Well, that was a big hit. That was hit number one. But then you had another hit because the 618 that they that the state of Colorado UI granted based on your application, um, you had been receiving April to August twenty second six eighteen from the state. Mm-hmm. On August twenty second, they took the six eighteen to two twenty three. Now, for those people listening out there, um, each state's a little bit different, but Colorado has found a a means level which is very odd. And I will still be looking into this because I'm very, um, it's very odd to me and it's, it's, it's not right. Every gig worker was brought to 223. I don't know why that was the magic number. And if sure. that's the case, I don't know why right out of the gate that wasn't the magic number. Sure. I mean, sure. it should have been 600 PUA plus 223 if that's what you were going to make all gig workers. Sure. Um, but instead, they changed that for you in August or you know, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I know everybody I've talked to, nobody got real notifications of this. You didn't get an email. You didn't get something in the mail. 
we just kind of you just saw it when you would go to log into the unemployment portal that your amount had changed. Right. Well, I did. I did when the first redetermination happened in late July, the last week of July in August. I did get an email from the P saying that that the wages were being redetermined. However, I was supposed to receive an actual physical letter of the email to go along with an appeals letter and appeals thing to if I, in case I you know if I wanted to appeal, which I did. But I actually didn't actually receive that physical letter until probably about a month later. So way beyond the appeals. Okay. Uh, but you're talking. So, but you're talking about the six eighteen to two twenty three. Two twenty three. Correct. 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 Okay. I, I guess. I guess I'm. I'm thinking of the people who. I, I guess I should have mentioned it that way. Sorry about that. I, no, no, a, a lot of people were just granted the two twenty three out of the gate. Sure, so it was sure. six hundred two twenty three, and then we come to the problem, which is the around August twenty second. It's different dates for different people. Yeah. That it happened, but you know, for you it was August twenty second when they took two twenty three and cut it in half. And yeah. at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe you received an email, a letter. Uh, I did not receive an email for that one. I, no. I mean, I haven't talked to any. I've talked to thirty, forty people in Colorado who are gig workers, and not one of them did. Not yeah, even. No, I, yeah, I, I didn't. And even like looking back. Recently, looking back and going through the history of stuff, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that that email at all either. Right, that one they just kind of decided. Well, we need to recoup this, so let's just. I know already that they tried to take the full amount. They were going to try and take your whole two twenty three, because sure. if you were if you had applied for Colorado UI, and um, let's say you had been working for um, a company that had to close due to COVID here in Colorado and you went through the normal system, not the PUA system, they would right. have been able to take the whole 223. Yeah, yeah. But because right. this was a federal program, the PUA program, they were only able to take half, but they just did it and didn't tell you. Yes, that's correct. That's right. Correct. And that's how everybody on the PUA end felt. So here's part of the, you know, here's part of, I have a lot of problems with this, but so when sure. you first requested and applied for PUA, it was based on a five-figure amount that you earned from Uber in 2019. Correct. Um, correct. Yeah. The the PUA benefits uh, were based on earnings after expenses, but since uh, but but your expenses. This is after the fact, and I'll come back to it. But your expenses yeah. uh, showed a net loss of twenty for t- 2019, which is common. Um, sure, sure. But that was the number they were going on. Um, so, yeah, because it, because keep in mind, keep in mind that um, at that time that I applied, we're talking, you know, April. Right. Tax day had been moved to July. Right. July so at 15th. that at that moment, yeah, at that moment, I did not. At that time when I applied, I did not file my 2019 income taxes as at the, at that moment. Most people, most people I know hadn't. Oddly, I mean, right. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but gig workers are pretty notorious for kind of wait until the end, um, or, or sure, sure. they either do it quarterly or they do it or they do it near the end because they try and get people an accountant to because every year it changes. 
I've been doing it for six plus years. Every year it changes what we can write off a little bit. So people don't want to get flagged for an audit because they claimed something they claimed the year before, file their taxes in February and find out that in late March they took away this or that expense that you now can't write off. So it wasn't being lazy necessarily, at least for all drivers. It was more that they wanted to make sure that the newest information was out before you'd file. Most people had not filed. So the PUA, um, the the problem here is that, um, again, going back to the, it it was independently built portal. It wasn't, you know, that told workers to submit. Now, this is not how it's worded in the Colorado unemployment insurance uh, normal system, the the old COBOL system. But in the PUA, it was worded, as uh, to submit business income or losses. Losses, yeah, yeah. But it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't very clear, but yeah, that's pretty much what it, what it said. Right, but on the other side, on the Colorado Unemployment Insurance, it is worded correctly. It says mm-hmm. for the applicant to submit profit or losses. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. big, I know that, again, I'll say it because I want people to catch this. To say that to submit profit or losses will raise a flag in anybody's head of, wait, what? And so you'll you'll double think this and go, oh, I see. But for I, the way I that can... it was worded, to submit business income or losses. Sure. So, right, it's e- either or, absolutely. And that, oh, that's key, key, absolutely. Right. So absolutely. You, you, were, you were, like, submitting business income, mm-hmm. you know, because you're like, I don't know, I haven't filed my taxes. I don't know if I had losses, even though... You know, you you know, you probably could have done it on paper, but then it might have been wrong. You know, did you have a loss, or else you could have rushed your taxes? Because I know you could have submitted taxes too. But also, to go to that point, the everybody I know that did submit taxes still have the same issue. They they still had clawbacks on this money. So it wasn't like if you submitted your your filed taxes was any better than if you submitted your your Uber um, income. It really wasn't any different because you were still going to get a clawback here. Yeah. But that that was a big that's a big wording change that is a big problem and the state Huge. does not want to discuss this. They are trying to bury that big time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then another issue uh, was contracting the work um, to the private sector, as we were referring to before. So uh, the company that built ours was a go-around around the old uh, Colorado UI system, and there was no, there was not enough time to train people to the. the I mean, first of all. The Colorado, the CDLE, the Colorado Department of, of Labor, does not have uh, a ton of staff. I mean, they have enough to to just get by and be a sure. little bit behind all the time. The pandemic hits, numbers go through the roof, yep. and these people are not trained at all with PUA. And PUA goes live, and they're and so they're just trying to. I mean, as as we talked about the other day when I was talking to you, the phone lines were off the hook. You'd wait all day. Now, if you call, you'll it, you know if you can't find your answer in the system, which you can't. I mean, I would. I, I doubt anybody has called and just through hitting numbers got an answer that said, "Okay, now I fully understand." 
So everybody yeah. came to the point of, I need a callback. And when you did that, it was eight to 10 weeks out. That wouldn't do you any good. So and no, nobody and nobody couldn't go physically to the building. They had that they, they had institute. No one can can do that unless you made an appointment. Yep, all that. Right, and even that had to be kicked up. I mean, you just couldn't yep. show up or make an appointment. You had to have uh-huh. an issue, have it yep. addressed by a first level person, a second level person, then get it kicked up, and then have an appointment. Yep. So that's. I mean, this is all just so messy. But um, so the Colorado. The people who were answering the phones in the begin in the very beginning, and I don't know, you know, if you remember, but when they first put out the call line number and PUA was up, you applied. You, maybe you got your card in the mail, then you decided on direct deposit. All these things. If you called, you were very lucky to get. If you got through and you were on hold, you were very lucky to get to a first level agent who yep. was just going off very, very book answers. They couldn't really give you much but they even that you were waiting six seven hours on the phone to maybe get through to somebody who really didn't know anything more than us or the people who were needing the assistance so i mean and it's not their fault it was this whole pandemic has been messy um so a lot of this as i say it you know i'm not i'm not trying to just backhand the state because i understand we were in a pandemic um but you know the scheduling, the callback, the all of this, that, the other, and then not telling people that the clawback was going to happen. Um, I don't know if you received the email last week, but there was a very, uh, there was a very, um, how do I say it, uh, disappointing email, I guess, uh, yeah. to say the least, because when you and I talked, I don't know, I, I think I might have had this email already but i hadn't uh but i hadn't seen it yet or i hadn't really looked at it um and now i've looked at it and it's it came from the cdle and it's yep. i'm gonna just read it real quick because yeah, you, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. you and i had talked about how you know you could appeal well yes. they've now taken the appeal out correct so now here's how the here's how the pua overpayments email reads this is an official communication from the colorado department of labor and employment unemployment insurance division as you may know because of a lack of clarity on the application form for the pandemic unemployment assistance benefits a small percentage of applicants mistakenly um, overreported profits which resulted in overpayments of benefits on some claims benefit Overpayments must typically be repaid, but because the application language was not clear as it could have been, we will we will be writing off the remaining overpayments balance for your claim. While we cannot refund any offset which may have already been made, you will not be required to repay the remaining balance of your overpayment. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the PUA Claims Customer Service Support at 303-536-5815. That's that number that'll just have you go through an automated system. And if you need help, you need to have a call back. It'll be now, I think it's six or seven weeks. So, um, but the, the main wordage here is that when you and I talked, 
there was going to be an appeals process where you could do it through the app. Now they're saying no appeals. Sorry. But yeah, we're no, stopping yeah. the payment right now. You won't have to you won't get docked anymore. Right. Well, keep in mind too that when we had spoke also, I had informed you that because I had appealed in way back in August on my appeal at went that uh, I had appealed and so I had been waiting 2 months to get a get a call back regarding a hearing whatsoever and I had gotten a phone call two days before that email was sent by the appeals office and they told me that my appeal was being recon- quote unquote reconsidered and that uh, they they would let me know the, an update on what the happening you know update me on what the status is of going of as far as my account goes you know toward my benefits so keep that in mind yeah no i mean i'm just no. i'm just already kind of in my head i'm seeing where this yeah. is going i mean yep. um you know i i'm not gonna you know i i've i've, I've had a couple conversations with uh share havid um a lot of emails with her um and uh it's been really nothing more than confusing. Like, well, you know, if we email about something, it gets spun into something else and doesn't really answer my question. So then I have to go back and try and appease that by asking her, oh, what do you mean by this? Hoping that she'll explain what she spun it into and then hoping that then I can come back to my original question of what happened, but that never happens. It just, it gets spun, spun. And lately it's just been no replies and I get it. I'm I'm sure she's, I'm sure every day of hers is not fun right now. Sure. sure. (laughs) I I can only imagine being in her position um, and having, you know, everybody just be on livid when they call. However, this clawback, I mean, we already, the PUA ending showed us that the Democrats and Republicans couldn't even get together to keep us, to keep people alive when we were all told to stay home. I mean, this is outside of pre-existing conditions. This is outside of everything. And, you know, I mean, what, we've never experienced that. When you're told to do that, you know, you know. It's expected, even though, again, it's never happened, but it would be expected that the government has to help. I mean, it just yep. does. I mean, you know, we if we're being told to stay at home, well, you got to help us out. I mean, when hurricanes yep. hit, you know, people get help. When, you know, when things happen, people get help. Uh, so, you know, when tornadoes happen, people get help. Um, insurance yeah, companies... Insurance companies in tornado states, they are ready for that kind of stuff. And you pay more in your fees for that. Same thing with living in in Florida. You pay more for uh, flooding insurance because of hurricanes. Um, So that when things happen, you can deal with this. Well, there was nothing in line for a pandemic. But to claw back, even though now they're saying, okay, well, as of this week, we're we're done. We're not going to claw back anymore. Well, but you already did. You hurt, and yeah. the PUA had ended. People were left with whatever just, you know, peanuts of money was left being given to them by UI. And even that got clawed in half. Uh-huh. So it just, I mean, A, what a bad what a bad look for our state. What a bad look for our country. And uh-huh. to not be able to figure that out, 
and not have clawed back before they really looked into it is beyond me. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's so sickening to me. Like, you know, they waited till August to go, wait, we screwed up the arithmetic on the PUA portal uh-huh. built by the private sector. Wait, we need to go back and take a bunch of money from these people who are already struggling extremely. Absolutely. And then they just did that without really thinking about it and, and taking a couple weeks to go, wait, should we claw this back or what? And that's apparent now by the fact that they have stopped the clawbacks. Yes. To me, that shows we screwed up. We shouldn't have clawed anything back, but they did. And um, a lot of us uh, suffered for that. So, you know, I mean, we see things starting to return to normal. And hopefully, you know, here after the elections, because probably nothing before, we'll see some changes and some more help until the world is back to a place where people can participate again. Um, but we're in a very weird state of the of the world and the country and the state of Colorado too. Um, you know, other countries are doing a lot better for their people than us. Who normally were the ones who would go way out of our way to help our people, and we're kind of that. We're kind of like that third world country right now that isn't doing what it should for its people. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things because it's, it's just, it's an, it's an uncertainty. There's no, right now we're at a crossroads. We're still in the deep, dark tunnels and there's no light. We cannot see that. The, the light has not showed up and we don't know when it's going to show up. That's, that's the state of the United States of America right now. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, and it's scary. I mean, you know, I mean, Absolutely. I mean, relying on vaccines, like we all know that's, a, I mean, in, in truth, that's a long way out, but are there sure. so, are there better solutions before the vaccine even? That's what I really look for. I'm not like sitting here every day praying for a vaccine, even though I hope sure. it does come around. But I, I'm more sitting here thinking, are you guys figuring out ways to let us go about life until the vaccine? Yeah. You know, and are you going to present that in a unified fashion, which has not happened this whole time yet? Like we're... You know, PUA should have been on the same page. How we go back to real life should be on the same page. One state shouldn't be different than the other. Yep, yep, I mean, we, we can't do that because we, we are a country where people travel all the time. So if one state says we're not going to, we're not even, we're not, we're going to tell everybody they don't need to wear masks. And the state right next to them says everybody wears a mask or we're going to start writing tickets. Well, if that if one of those people goes to from the non mask goes to visit the state that requires masks and the whole family that he's visiting catch or she's visiting catches covid well now you might have an outbreak because of that so we're in a country where you need to be very careful on these moves and make them across the board yeah there's no there's no clear communication it's just what one side's going here one side's going one side's going left one side's going up one side's going down you know, right. It's just, it's all over the place. Right. All and also, you know, we face the, you know, I mean, the, we, we face some serious issues with will gig workers be included in the next round of a cares act or a heroes act, mm-hmm. or will they exclude that? You know, I, I yeah. you know, that's the Republicans have their, you know, have their amount in mind. The Democrats have their amount. Um, we could not have two worse people running this. I mean, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, 
you could probably appreciate what I'm about to say here. Nancy Pelosi nor Mitch McConnell should be involved in this at all, and yet they're running the show. Right, because it seems... Uh, from from a, from from a, from a, from a a a, a, a independent st- independent looking at it, it, it feels like one has an agenda and the other has an agenda, and they're just like, I'm not going to do this because I don't like this person, and they should be not they should not be doing what they're doing, and vice versa. Right, and now with now with the timing, we're definitely not going to see it before the elections, and because now it's become completely politicized. So, yep. I mean, by after the elections, if in the, a couple of weeks after the elections, whatever the results are, if they start to pass it up package, we're still going to see that lag time. We're still going to see four to eight weeks before you're actually getting payments. So, I mean, it's we're still looking at 10, 12 months before payments, potentially. Yep. Yep. And, and, uh, and, 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 you know, with cases rising and now different rules being implemented. Yeah. absolutely absolute chaos once again and it just it feels like it's never ending well it hasn't ended it's just you know yeah. and, and every time and every time it lightened up a little bit some states you know went you know like if you saw pictures of the florida beaches or the california beaches i mean they just when they said okay the beaches are open but be careful people were shoulder to shoulder with no masks and they were, they were like, it's summer. It'll go, you know. Well, no, it's now flu season, and we are seeing we're back up to where we were in the beginning. Yep. yep. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I really, uh, it's sad to me because I was really thinking that when I talked to you today, we'd be talking about how you go about the appeal process. But now, though, I've looked at it from I've been looking at it all morning actually, and I don't see. Not, not only, or I do. I already know that there is not an appeal process in place. I know you've done one, but you did it before they were talking about it. But yeah. even that, I wonder what'll happen with it. But I'm, I'm yeah, now seeing that there isn't one in place, and to be honest, I don't think there will be. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it just that, that. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at too, as far as when I got that phone call saying. Hey, your appeals being reconsidered. Hold on and wait and see until we update you. And so now, to me, that that thought, my process was like, okay, well, are you gonna pay back what that you took out, or am I not doing that? Am I gonna be able to appeal that still? Am I gonna be disqualified? You know, is that the hearing? You know, it's just it's just more confusion and and uncertainties thrown on thrown on me after that that point standing. And then the email just kind of clarifies that. Well, um, you know, I mean, I think that you and I absolutely hit on some things here that Colorado people can relate to. But the bigger picture, too, is that other states, like I said in the beginning, had it even worse. I am trying to get in touch with those states to see how their clawbacks have worked. Have they seen them? Um, I'm starting to get some word back that some states are seeing money being taken out. you know, it's 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 just it's just a big mess, um, yeah. but it's really sad because I thought that we were gonna you and I were gonna be talking about appeal today and telling Colorado people how to how to do the appeals process, which would then help other states go wait. There's an appeals process and help them look it up in their states. But what we're seeing now is that this appeals process looked it was gonna happen. Now it looks like yeah. it's had the plug pulled on it. So before we wrap this up, what you got any final words or thoughts? What, what do you got? Well, well, I just think, you know, like you were saying, going back to 
what we were talking about, you know, I just I, I thought it being the system when it was created, you know, it felt rushed. When I said that, you know, going back to the CPR article, when I said that, it just the reason I said that it's no it's no fault of the labor department's, you know, it wasn't their intentions to 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 rush it out there. I think they were just kind of more under pressure from higher ups, you know, and some maybe people from the government, maybe the government as a whole. It was just it was it felt to me like they felt like they were being pressured to hey get where the people are at a panic right now lockdowns are going down people don't know what to do let's just try to appease and as quickly as we can and if we if there's mess ups whatever fix it fix it when you can I think that just kind of was the mentality going in when it was created so I just kind of wanted to backtrack at that sort of speak and 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 one of my final things that I wanted to say was just kind of. it's just right now we're it, it's still scary because again, like we were saying, I was saying before, there's no end in sight. We're still confusion. You know, we're we're right now waiting for for Congress to figure out how they're going to send us help, especially in the gig working community. You know, where the gig working community is not only dealing with this mess, and we're dealing with the 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 world in COVID, but we're also dealing with you know you got California gig workers worrying about Prop 22 and, and, and all kinds of things going on in our world that it's just it's very scary because I just I I, I want to see I want to see a plan implemented by all a plan and I'm pretty sure we'll get clarity once you know the once in a couple of weeks once the election goes through about where are we going to go as a country. And as a nation going forward with a plan to um, uh, uh, not only keep us uh, safe, but sort of get back to normalcy, because that's pretty much what we want. As, and as a gig worker myself, that's ultimately what I want. We didn't ask for this. You know, we didn't ask for our world to be taken away from us. You know, uh, that, that's absolutely what I didn't want. You know, I want us to get back to normal, so the semblance of normalcy, but be aware of what the, the, the lessons that we've learned, you know, the last year or so. And I just kind of want to make it a point that, you know, just hopefully we can, we can have a foolproof plan put together going forward. So we all know there's no confusion and we could all know even with just beyond Congress and what the world is, but also with the state of Colorado and, and everybody kind of get on the same page. And I hope that we can all get to that. And I hope that we can have that clarity as soon as possible. That's just kind of what I wanted to get that out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And to, and to yeah. be honest, this is not, this is not, even once this is solved, this is not the last pandemic we're going to see. Uh, you know, I hope you're wrong uh, on that case. But again, I hope that we can take some lessons learned going forward in case we have to have another sort, sort of pandemic or some type of cri- national crisis. Right. I mean, like, you said, like you said, we didn't have anything like this in the past, and so we didn't kind of know how to deal with it. And so I think now, hopefully, lessons learned, we can grow as a, grow as, as a society and understand, hey, how can we be better in case something like this ever happens again. I, again, I hope you're wrong. I, 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 so, I, so, I so hope I'm wrong, but I just, yeah. you know, worries I mean, me. The way other yeah, countries sure. treat things and sure. that we have international travel, it just, it's looming, sure. you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree 100%. So, again, hopefully it's just, I, I think, again, I think we'll have answers in a couple of weeks. I hope, we'll have... Well, not the, all the answers, but we'll have a little bit of semblance of answers in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, hope, I hope that's the case. At least maybe a path. At least a path. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Adam. Well, thank you for uh, talking to me today, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. 
Absolutely, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I, I applaud you for what you're doing uh, uh, within the, the gig working community. Uh, you know, I'm so glad that we were able to, to, to get in touch and communicate. And Yeah, definitely, man. I definitely hope to uh, get more involved within the gig working community and, 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 and offer, offer my voice along with listening to others and kind of getting uh, a feel for it because I, I just, I love, I love I love this community. I love the the the, the potential uh, uh, gig working does for society and for our communities. And so I just I'm I'm, su- I'm super glad that we got in touch, my man. And yeah, definitely, definitely, we'll keep in touch uh, going forward in the future. Yeah, we will. Okay, thanks yeah. for coming out again. I appreciate you it. You got it, buddy. Absolutely, anytime, my friend. Anytime. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. All right. So as you can tell, um, with Adam, uh, that was I think that was a. Um, you know, everybody needs to know what's going on because the state here in Colorado did not inform us. I'm sure you caught all that, but uh, you need to know because there were clawbacks done and it was done without you knowing. Um, so if you, in your state, if you're seeing weird things going on with your direct deposit or your funding of your debit card and you've been having to deal with uh, PUA due to the pandemic, um, I would say really go in and look at your stuff and if things haven't been making sense this is why and if you haven't felt this yet um sadly i would say pay very close attention because you will be feeling it most states are going to be doing this on some level so uh we're just over the hour mark again next week uh ceo and founder joel shapiro of dumpling very much looking forward to this and uh you know as we get nearer and nearer to this uh election it's 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 awesome because i i'm like probably many of you i'm just so waiting for this to be over uh you know it's just like watching you know if you turn on the news it's the same news cycle all the time well you know my normal outlets of of gathering uh material for the podcast you know it's just this it's all california prop 22 ab5 stuff and it's just it's just you know they've buried everything else that i might want to see so i'm looking forward to it passing but i'm glad that i was able to uh solidify this date with joel so that we can kind of break out of the mold and and talk about dumpling because i think that they're a good company that uh i've talked to some people who i know and uh you know, Matthew Tells uh, is a big dumpling guy, and uh, shout out to Matt. What's up, Matthew? Um, and uh, I'm finally glad to have uh, Joel coming on the podcast and, and talk to him about what uh, dumpling's up to, how it works, and uh, what the future looks like for them. So until next week, y'all be good. Uh, do something great for yourself do something great for somebody else um take care of yourselves and uh i'll see you next tuesday back here on the rodeo peace